Hello and welcome to episode number 303 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? All good this week man, all good. Yeah, we're back for kind of episode 300 part two, as it were, um, because we get to talk about something that we gosh darn love talking about recently, uh, which is, of course, Stranger Things. Um, We obviously did our main bulk of it, uh, the main bulk of season four in episode 300. And then obviously with uh, Netflix's amazing uh, release strategy of saving two episodes, um, (laughs) Just, just to get the fans excited and for no other reason whatsoever. Um, yeah, we get to talk about the final two episodes of season four, which could be it's it's the beginning of the end, as they kind of said in the in the market material, and then they kind of said in these episodes straight up as well. Um, Feels we're on it. the path. I know we're on we're on that final destination path now for sure. <clears throat> um, so yeah, we'll get to all that good stuff shortly. Um, but first, there's a little bit of news this week. Really, not too much. It's been so quiet um, for the last few weeks, which is funny because obviously, as we've discussed on the show, that we're going to be doing a sort of news hiatus in a few weeks. Um, <laughs> it's already if, begun. Yeah, well, it's. I feel like everyone's waiting until that three week period when we're not going to be discussing news due to, uh, for people that don't know, avoiding spoilers for Nope as we get a lovely three week mm-hmm. delay in the UK. And I feel like that's when we're going to get like, because there's like, we're supposedly getting a new Hellraiser movie this year that we know almost nothing about. You know, <laughs> e- like Evil Dead is supposed to be coming out this year. Like, there's so much shit that's scheduled for this year mm. that we haven't got trailers for or even proper release dates or anything. Um, so I feel like, yeah, we're, we're on the precipice of a shit ton of big horror news, and you know when it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, that's all, all to look forward to in the future. Um, but first, here's a small little update on a movie that's kind of... This one's been kicking around for a while now, and it's easy to forget that this is a thing that exists. Um, but Terrifier 2. Um, oh, obviously, yeah, like, this is a, a, obviously... Yeah, such a fun little movie um, that we've kind of discussed that we never really got its fair share on the podcast um, no. because we obviously didn't do a show on it, but we kind of both watched it in our own time off the show and both really liked it. And it got a massive cult following in the last few years to the point that they were able to do a sequel, which is obviously always a minor miracle when it comes to indie films. Mm. And then obviously due to COVID that, that, you know, screwed over indie films way more than it did major motion, motion pictures. And they've been like struggling and, and multiple delays. And it's, seems like this is finally happening this year or at least it's it's been done for a while essentially um but it's all about obviously when to release it and how to at least try and make some some of that money back um but we do have a little bit of information here which is slightly confusing um so it was reported on deadline first that basically um bloody disgusting have like their own horror streaming platform um which i wasn't too familiar with until i did some research on it for the story um called Screenbox, and they seem to have like a bunch of weird different horror films on there you know much smaller releases and it seems like terrified 2 is going straight to that um which is kind of weird for us because it seems like you cannot access Screenbox in the uk i think it might just be like literally just a us only thing rather than not just us getting screwed <laughs> sounds, this time sounds about right um yeah and so it's weird but in the actual press release it says it will terrify 2 is coming this fall which they confirmed um and they also said uh this halloween season it will be released in theaters nationwide as well as uh streaming exclusively on Screenbox. so 
they are trying to at least get it in some cinemas um obviously i'm assuming in the u.s but yeah it's as far as like the actual logistics of it go it's so messed up especially when you're talking about indie films you never get a clear picture until the mm. thing's actually so god knows what this means for us or, or anyone else other than i'm assuming some very limited probably just the united states might get a few screenings and that's about it um but either way let's focus on the good stuff which is uh terrifier 2 hopefully coming this halloween is that is that something that you were looking forward to oh yeah i can't wait i um <clears throat> i've only seen the first one you know at like once i need to see it yeah. again really yeah and, i'm 100 um, gonna rewatch it because i can hardly remember i just remember really enjoying it yeah definitely and kind of you know just just insane kills and and gore and i think you know i just hope we get to see it really i think that's the big thing and that you know we get somewhat of release over here i don't for one second dream that it might come out in the in the cinema <laughs> although uh you know m- maybe a cheeky little fright fest you never know you never know it would be perfect wouldn't it, it just it, it's unfortunate it seems like again it seems like time. It's too late yeah yeah but it's cool yeah like i say i um i really enjoyed terrifier and it was one of those ones that we've seen a lot of horror movies in recent years that really try and capture that like old school energy and i think Mm. that was truly one of the best ones in terms of it really felt like it just fell out of the 80s and it's like it was weird we really feel that way it's really strange to be like oh this this was made recently in the last five years like it is bizarre mm. because yeah like tonally and everything they were so like you know stay true to what what for better or for worse a lot of the 80s horror stuff so yeah i i really liked it and it's it's a uh, long overdue for a sequel so yeah looking forward to that one um and then lastly kind of i just threw this in here because um we haven't talked about box office in a while and mainly because it there there has been not much to talk about on the horror front this year obviously this hasn't been like a, a big landmark year in terms of horror at the box office um Obviously, we had Scream at the start of the year, which did super well. And then since then, it's been very, very slow. Um, but obviously, the Black Phone um, that we covered recently has actually done super well. Um, it's mm-hmm. only been out for about two weeks, and it's already made $77 million worldwide, um, which is absolutely fantastic and, and is clearly sort of well above you know, budget and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Bloomhouse do such a good job of knowing their budgets and knowing how to make their yeah, money back. Really and so... Yeah, this is like a huge hit. It's it's the second highest grossing horror movie of the year. Um, like I said, behind Scream that made 140 million at the start of the year. Um, then outside of that, because it's The Northman, which made 68 million, which is still like The Northman's a difficult one because it definitely should have made more. And when you think about how mm, popular. When you think about how popular like fantasy stuff is nowadays, like I don't know, there's something about that movie that just didn't market it correctly. Because when you think about how popular Game of Thrones is yeah. and all of this sort of stuff, like that should have been a huge success, um, and it and it just wasn't. Um, and whereas <laughs> then you look at the rest of the list and you already go down to Firestarter, um, which made fourteen point eight million. And then you get to two obviously very small movies that we absolutely adored, um, which was X, which made 14.2 million, uh, and then Men, which made 9.8 million. Um, so obviously very small. Again, those last two were very indie films, so it's not like they were, you know, expecting to make hundreds of million dollars or anything silly like that. But mm. um, yeah, it's like, it's kind of wild that The Black Phone has done very, very well, and it's Definitely. already far the second highest grossing film and it, it, is, it deserves saying, it doesn't it like out you know out um pushing pushing the northman out the way like you know that's um that's crazy like yeah, i was gonna say that like, the black um, phone has a way smaller budget than the northman 
Well, exactly, and like way smaller clout behind it, really, with. Mm. You know the the director and you know the cast. I mean, don't get me wrong, Ethan Hawke, but you know I think the Northman with with you know a whole host of recognisable big names in you know um, yeah, I'm I'm shocked that it's out, outgunned the Northman and and has got that number two spot. Yeah, well, the Northman it just didn't do well. It's it's one of those things that mm. it kind of fell between a lot of crowds where you already start seeing that people aren't really talking about it as if it's a horror film. But then I feel like fantasy crowds, it was almost too dark and violent for a lot of fantasy yeah. people. So it just becomes this weird thing that I adore and I'm so happy it exists because it kind of fits perfectly in our own niche. But yeah. in terms of breaking out of that, yeah, it was it was never going to make a Very lot of money. To, to, you know, Soho, really. Yeah definitely um so yeah like i say it's been very quiet at the, the box <clears> office for horror. i mean even looking forward it's like we have a jordan peele which which his movies have done very well um mm-hmm. in the past so it'll be interesting to see how nope does obviously we've got halloween which is always kind of a banker but there really isn't that much like it's weird that we've seen a lot of decent horror this year but it has been smaller stuff um that yeah. has resonated with us um so yeah it's kind of interesting that we haven't had those massive ones and, and again that just shows you like when scream made 140 million at the start of this year kind of like oh yeah that seems like a good number but it's only in hindsight when that that might be the highest gross in horror movie of the year like i it might be i have a feeling that nope will make more than that um but but, but, yeah we'll see because obviously he is releasing it in a more crowded market traditionally in the summer so whereas obviously scream they kind of they there's a reason why they've traditionally released those movies in january like they know Mm. what they're doing um Whereas the the next one actually isn't January, is it? <laughs> isn't it like April or May next year or something crazy? I yeah, know well, it's that's, like... <clears throat> that's the problem. They kind of were like, well, we want to release it as soon as humanly possible. So mm. therefore, we're just going to shove it out, you know, in, in April. And that is like, oh, they should have... They couldn't get it out quick enough for a January. So they kind of had to put it out at a time they don't really want to. But to be fair... I don't really care when it comes out. <laughs> I just want to see the thing. Yeah, it's uh, March 31st is the date for Scream 6 mm. currently. But that, that sounds like such a placeholder. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that one getting delayed. Um, yeah, but yeah, sure. shall we? Uh, that's it for the news. Shall we talk about this week's TV show? Let's do it. Let's talk about some more Stranger Things. So yeah, this is kind of, I guess, a weird podcast because it's not really a standalone podcast. Um, Obviously, we kind of talked a lot about Stranger Things recently for episode 300, and we talked about the previous seven episodes, which was a majority of the season. We've still got a lot to talk about here because this was four hours of of content in these last two episodes. Um, But obviously, yeah, we've already discussed a majority of the season, so definitely check out episode 300 before this if you haven't already. Mm -hmm. Um, And as always, when we do our TV specials, um, this will be full spoilers from the get-go. So for for all of Stranger Things, so make sure you have watched absolutely everything up until this point. Um, Obviously, including Volume 2, which we're going to be mostly talking about. Um, 
but yeah this is a weird one i feel very unprepared usually i have a whole a whole hist of, of things of like oh this movie and da 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 whereas i'm like yep yeah, it's stranger things it's great in it where should we start <laughs> yeah it's good in it <laughs> it's, it's very good like i we, we obviously talked about it a lot recently in our love and I, I definitely had some um some negatives to talk about when we talked about the mid season of the of the previous seven whereas this was just pure fire and brimstone for four hours like i didn't it it flew past and i i definitely need to rewatch it because there was so much going on it's so action-packed in a way that i don't even comprehend for a tv show um especially the finale and it's not just the fact that it is two and a half hours in length which obviously helps but watching it it felt almost wrong watching it at home where i was mm. like this feels too big and too epic to just be watching at home and it's it's one of those things obviously in a perfect world you would love for this to happen but it felt like man if you got to see this on a big screen with the proper sound and everything like at a cinema it would just feel right at home it, it felt comparable um, to you know when game of thrones was hitting the tv and it was just this epic scale proportions that, that felt like it was a cinema experience and this this, you know, parts of this felt bigger and, and you know, just more expensive than, than almost any horror movie that we see. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like, just, you see, the scale, when you when you think about the different areas that they're kind of fighting in mm. um, at the same time, the, this insanely massive cast at this point, which feels so important. I think that's something that's so good about Stranger Things is that kind of, it's real easy to get top heavy and i think it's funny you mentioned game of thrones because it's like that's a classic show that has about four thousand cast members but but only about but three like of them are relevant yeah yeah only that many worthy at one given time um and there was just so much cannon fodder whereas i think here going into this finale and the all these last two this episodes is, it's like like lord of the rings you know when we have our subgroups and every character mm. you care about within those subgroups yeah and they just do such a good job of keeping the stakes like they matter like they're important i think they did a, such a good job of incorporating everyone here like as i discussed before um in in some of my criticisms of the mid episodes where there was just a lot of weird tangents that didn't really go anywhere this was like there was so little time for pointless tangents which i love like it was on, on paper this should have felt sort of overstuffed or, or long but in a, in a way it was almost too short like <laughs> there was so much to get through here and it does end quite quickly mm. um in, a, in i don't want to use the word frustrating because it was i it's obvious as the way i'm speaking but i absolutely fucking love these two episodes so so much but like when it ended and and i was so aware of the runtime where i was like oh man i just want more i just want more and and when yeah. we got to those final moments and so much shit had hit the fan and so much has now changed in hawkins going forward yeah. it was like oh, i really want to see just a little bit of this aftermath and we basically got like one short scene to recover and then boom like the show's over and it's and it's done for you know for for at least a couple of years and i'm like man what what a way to for, for this to kind of go out but it was it was absolute chaos wasn't it these two episodes from from the start it's, really. it's absolutely gnarly and i think like um you know, the 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 music licensing budget budget is more than most horror movies we see at this point. Like it's just yeah. like it, it's absolutely insane, and I think kind of um, it, it it truly cemented itself as you know one one of the greatest, if not the greatest, TV show that, that's landed. I think kind of I found myself like watching it so grateful 
that I was mm. watching one of the greatest ever TV shows and it's horror centric. And as it's gotten into its stride, it's only become more horror. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was so grateful for it and, and it just, um, you know, it, it blew me away. I think, uh, you know, I having rewatched the part one of season four and now seeing part two, I think the only, the only part of it to me that, that feels slightly negative is the, the Mike will, um kind of you know a subplot that's the mm. only plot of this entire season that feels like a b plot then we have three a plots you know which is so rare for a tv show normally you kind of have an abc and it's like no we have we have three true a th- lines through this you know l's journey we have kind of the, the journey in hawkins and then hop's journey in russia with joyce and it's like all three of those feel crazy important and and the lead of this season and and yeah they're, they're all you know equal to me and i think it is just will and mike and jonathan kind of their little road trip and weirdness that that could have easily just just been um they escape from the the police and then they need to be in a car for four days so then they're just not in the season but it's just like, oh yeah, no, they're cool characters. Like we kind of need them, but they're, the the subplot was weird. But but other than them, like everything is so stellar. Like it's 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 a ten out of ten across the board. Otherwise, I think um, you know when I was watching it, I had these like different moments where I was like, throughout the whole season, I was incredibly impressed with kind of Sadie Sink and 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 Max and kind of how she plays it, and I'm like. I don't know how she she can give a performance like that at the age she is. Like I know we talk mm. about it often, but like like it was just incredible like what she was able to do in not not just the um you know the the dramatic scenes, but just just everything. She she nails the character of Max to perfection um her eye rolls and just absolutely everything i thought i thought you know she she was exquisite but then you know then suddenly you get a scene with like hop and you're like oh man david harbour's world class isn't he and it's just every time you think that one's one up the other that someone else like steps up to the plate and that's that's what these two episodes were it was just a greatest hits of kind of everyone kind of bringing their a game and i think kind of you know, when we got that image at the the final image of the season with them all kind of standing on the hill and you saw all of these characters, I was like, I, I just don't have love for like characters like this in from any other show where I just see them all and I'm like, every single one of them I'm rooting for. Mm. Um, and and yeah, I, you know, th- there are so many parts of it that I thought were, were fantastic, you know, kind of obviously... Um, I, I love seeing kind of Hop and Joyce and Murray in the prison and kind of, you know, I don't know where the sword came from, by the way, dude. Do you have any idea where that sword came from? Yeah, I, I had a moment where I was like, what the hell? And then I quickly realized I was like, oh, wait, didn't they give them like a bunch of funny weapons because oh, they, they wanted did, to fight the Demogorgon, didn't <laughs> yeah, they? So that was what was, was there. Yeah. So there is a reason for it being there. But <laughs> that is one of a couple of se- scenes, which is like, I enjoyed it for the spectacle, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, I, I do feel like I miss when these things had there was a I felt like there was a real true threat to the monsters in the past um whereas i do think 
they go a little bit too far in this finale where it's like he's literally he should be dead so many times like when it's when there's a one point when he's just running down the corridor and it's right behind him and i'm like well he's dead because in any previous episodes that we've seen kind of if they get that close to one of these monsters you you're just dead and so the fact that he kind of survived and at one point he's like wrestling with it when it's on top of him and stuff and it's just like man like either you got the weakest one ever or like i don't know what's going on but it was the actual spectacle of seeing him <laughs> have like a sword fight with a demogorgon hey, was very enjoyable now. don't worry about it that's clearly it <laughs> but it was, it was like I, I say the entertainment value definitely outweighed the farcicalness for me and, and it happened a couple of times especially the stuff in the upside down as well yeah i think so like the you know the the, the big scene in the finale with kind of eddie playing metallica and then kind of that song playing throughout it was like it was so over the top like him riffing and then suddenly having the actual song over the top and there was a second where i was like is this silly and then i was like no don't be stupid this is the greatest thing ever and i was like don't i don't care like it's it's phenomenal but there was like a second where i was like man they're really playing into like you know what what they know people love you know playing into the songs and it's kind of like you know, we've we've literally had this song in our heads since season, you know, since part one. Uh, what was it like episode four or whatever? Um, uh, you know, uh, and kind of suddenly now having like such a big song in such a pivotal moment in such a ludicrous way with Eddie just on top of this fucking caravan, like playing it. It's like when since when did you learn how to play Master of the Puppets, mate? Like you, you literally had. Um, you played like two strings in in part one, but I was like, nah, that that was perfection. Oh yeah, see that. I, I mean, all right, I'll come back to my previous point because now you've talked about Metallica. I have to reference it now. <laughs> like that that part was just fucking amazing to me. <laughs> I it, the whole, once you kind of see him get the guitar, and I was like, okay, what they're gonna do? And in my mind, I I don't know if timeline winds it adds up, but I'd convinced myself he was gonna play Slayer, Rain and Blood. So oh, I was like. Okay. Like, oh it's obviously going to be that like no question about it and so when it was master of puppets it just blew me away and that entire sequence is perfect it's it's by far my favorite thing that stranger things have ever done yeah. and i think in terms of like a hype moment i really can't remember much ever on tv emulating that like it was so crazy like we obviously have a category for best moment and like man this is the very definition of that um <laughs> So because it just it was so... for rain and blood so it would have tied up okay wow it's the same year that's crazy mm, yeah. um i didn't know it was the exact same year um mm. but yes yeah, so and, and that's why you see i think it, it just it really caught me off guard and it was so especially because metallica hardly ever get featured and stuff like they're very strict with their music licensing um you can like, almost count on one hand the amount of times that metallica get featured in films let alone tv shows mm. um so, so god knows how much netflix really? money they got for this which which is great for them well it was so um, perfect as well because i think mm. like obviously it's it's such an incredible metal song but also like the the lyrics uh you know it works so well for exactly what Vecna is and what he has been throughout the entire seasons without us even knowing. Um, it it was, it was, it was just so fucking perfect. Like literally as soon as he played like two chords, I lost my mind. 
yeah it was so good and i think the duffer brothers again they kind of did both these episodes and they've done such a good job of orchestrating these insanely well put together sequences you think back to kind of the early episodes of the season when we had like the the D game mixed with the basketball game and it was just such a good mix of these two random things put together in a really hype and interesting way and obviously we had like the kate bush stuff um in the mm. previous episodes as well and, and now this and i think they just do such a good job of creating these like say insane exciting and hype filled moments where we already love the characters so much the characters are just so goddamn good so all you have to do is just figure out a way of putting them in some fairly interesting sequences and you've just got gold and so the idea of having this metal head guy um perform this song on a roof surrounded by bats in the upside down with cut into dustin just sort of banging his head and smiling like this is pretty sick like it was just so good like that whole stuff i loved i think when it got a bit ridiculous for me was once the hype of the music went away and we kind of got the eddie like oh he's staying in the upside down mm. now, now he's circling away and the bats aren't even attacking him and then for how drawn out the sequences when the bats are just circling him and then occasionally like one will go at him so he can hit it with his shield and i'm like i get it it's a tv show like once he's kind of done like his moment of like i'm done running away you kind of all know where it's going to go and, and obviously they need to draw that out for like emotional impact but it was a bit farcical where i was like what are these bats doing like, like at any point they should just be able to absolutely destroy him but they're just now they're just flying around in circles they're, maybe they're just waiting to see if he's going to play another song i don't know mate it's, um, the, whole, it's the whole freddy krueger thing at this point they just they just like they got him but they want to fuck with him they're a cat playing with it i guess like, I guess yeah, yeah you know yeah. it's not about the kill it's about it's about the fun of the kill <laughs> i just i don't think that's consistent with what the creatures and stranger things have ever done before like especially i, I have more of a problem with the demo scene yeah. because like they are ruthless creatures. They, they just destroy and fuck shit up. And we've seen that happen in this season to awesome effect. Mm. So the idea that you can like slowly... Russian rent, like it's Russian mate. Can... Two things, like A, it's really cold. Like, that, that, <laughs> that slows you down, mate. And second, like they've been I've locked up in that prison. Because they hate fire. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, they've been in that prison for like a while, like mm. captive. Like they're, they're, they just didn't bring their A game. You know? Yeah. It's just one of them things yeah obviously speaking about not bringing your a game obviously we had like the vecna um i guess conclusion for now mm. and it's funny because we talked again in, about it in in part one where they haven't been shy to hot to show their kind of horror references and homages <laughs> on their sleeve where it's not even yeah like, like to call it even a homage is just i don't even know what the word for it is when you literally have like the <laughs> hellraiser chimes while a guy's in a yeah while a guy's in an attic or you have the silence of the lambs sequence like they've robbed <laughs> essentially all yeah. of their favorite horror moments and so i do like that even though it is ridiculous and kind of unsatisfying just how straight up ripped from halloween it was oh, of like mean. okay vecna's gonna fall through the window and then the second we go and see him he's just gone <laughs> like he's just disappeared like i imagine he just ran off off screen and he's yeah, just somewhere and he's just chilling <laughs> exactly like it, it was farcical and I, I almost wonder if moments like that won't land for people if you don't know what they're trying to riff because if you're just a stranger things fan and you don't get what they're trying to riff in there, i feel like that is a bit unsatisfying having this ultimate epic show of vecna and he just disappears off screen it's a bit yeah. like what like... Well, i mean i guess i mean the thing is you know we spoke about it in our part one kind of discussion about like what is what is season five going to be 
you know, mm. who, what is the end game of season five? And it was like, is it going to be Vecna or is it going to be something else? Mm. And, um, you know, I, I, I was convinced at the time that, that Vecna was going to continue into season five because it just feels like he is such an end game unless like mm. they'd somehow like could up it with like a Papa, like getting some sort of powers. And it was like, it, as soon as we got in episode one, kind of the, the, the conclusion of the Papa kind of side of things, then I was like, oh, it's Vecna isn't going to be gone at the end of, ep, you know, at the end episode nine. Like, he's still going to be around because he, he is the finale. And it's kind of, you know, the, this next season five is kind of really season four, part three, you yeah. know, which isn't a problem at all. Um, but, but, but it very much feels like, oh, it's going to piggyback on, like, I really do wonder, like, what sort of time frame we've actually got to wait. Like, yeah. like we, we, we have no idea really, do we? No, no, we like, literally have no you know, idea. They, they've obviously, they, they shot an insane amount of stuff for how long this runtime is for this season, but I'm mm. almost like, have they already filmed it? Like how much have they already filmed? Because I'm like... I don't think how, they have. I know, but how much older are these? Like, they need to get it done quick because we're not going to have this time jump. Like, I, I don't, I, I, I don't see the next season starting like in a significant amount of time after where this ends. Do you? No, no. I, I think it has to pick up exactly where this ends. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, yeah, completely. I, I think they'll shoot next year. Hmm. I think they'll shoot sometime in twenty twenty three, and we'll we'll hopefully see it in twenty twenty four. Would be my prediction. Yeah. Um, which obviously, because they've already said that, like this is the longest season by far and it's not going to be that way for the final season yeah. it was like basically through a course of all the different delays and rewrites and stuff that it ended up being this way and like i say they easily could have split this into like three parts and and released some next year and stuff whereas yeah we've kind of got it now and they're like yeah it's a bit of a hodgepodge but like we know now we're on the final path we know the final conclusion like i say this is not going to follow the traditional p path of stranger things no we're not going is... to have these couple of episodes of steve and justin yeah. just like shooting the shit and working in a video store or whatever like it's rob and steve's gonna be working they're not gonna be working yeah. like everyone's just gonna be battling to try and keep this darkness at bay and like save hawkins because yeah like everything's fucked at this point i kind of for some reason i really thought it was gonna be like a I don't know, like a dream sequence or something, because it, it went to shit so quickly at the mm. end when like, you have all the riffs. And obviously the the bully guy who I, I can't, I have no clue what that character's no, name is. Got ripped in half. <laughs> he, he just got destroyed so quickly and, and like they barely showed it. And I was like, man, that's a quick death for like a fairly pivotal character this, this season. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, nah, that's not, that's not it. I'm like this, that's the clue that this is not, our reality or something and then like no that is just what happened like it was especially because of what happened oh that was it because of what happened to max as well mm. where they kind of showed her just getting absolutely destroyed like has both your arms and legs broken like your neck base do you know what i mean like she just got so unbelievably destroyed yeah and i kind of thought they would do the whole like oh yeah she'll die but she'll be brought back to life through l type thing mm. but then you're yeah, like she's basically a vegetable with all of her limbs broken and like I say if the, if the next season does pick up after that i know like l is basically a jedi at this point mm. so she'll just like do some some voodoo jedi magic and just heal max but like she's not going to be around for the for the Mate. next season because she's Mate. just going to be recovering um i'm already convinced that max is vecna i'm, <laughs> I'm convinced like yeah, yeah. Like, he needs a physical manifestation like in mm. the real world 
I'm like, she could she could play it so well as well. Yeah. I'm like, be like the classic. We've seen that is what leaded with Lost as well. Exactly. Oh, we need we need a, this entity to have a body. Let's right. pick one of our best actors to 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 portray right. that evil in the final season. Like, like I said, with this season, like how well she she's performed. Yeah, I, think um, you're right. I, I really think she she was the the you know if you had to pick a number one performer, obviously it's easy to pick her because of the mo- mm. she's got. But I, I made a point to just watch her, and it was just the scenes when she was like talking with Lucas, where she was like, "Oh, I'm picking a memory," and he's like, "Oh, am I in it?" And just like the the her performance, I just I just believed Max like is you know such a genuine character and everything about her. Um, so yeah, I can really see that you know because we've we've mourned for her now as, mm. as a character. So like her coming back like alive and just being max kind of feels like cheap because it was it was a weird like way in the finale where when eddie died i was like oh shit like i'm sad to see eddie die but i was like really like just eddie like Mm. is that that all we're getting like he's a new character like i really like eddie and and thought he was a great kind of character for this season but you know i mean like even if like we lost robin I was like, you know, it needed to be closer to the OG and like Max is as close as you can get. And I'm like, then they cut back to her and she gets absolutely wrecked. I was like, oh man, the double gut punch. I was like, damn, like, especially the way that she died in Lucas's arms. Um, Mm. You know, we, we were speaking about it where we were like, there's no way she can get her eyes popped into the back of her head. I, I mean, I didn't think she'd also get all of her limbs broken, but <laughs> but yeah. it was like, oh, okay, they did it in the most, like, aggressive but not, like, insane way, like, even though it was pretty insane, um, and get her to have a moment where she's like, I can't see and, and everything else, and it was like, I just don't, I just don't see that character coming, coming back from that. Um, so you don't think, kind of, we'll have Vecna in control with her obviously playing Vecna and then the conclusion will be them somehow saving Max. You think Max is just like done because I, I feel like that's going to be, that could easily be a point of frustration we, to a lot of fans if we don't see that. We haven't read Max's letters. We're, mm. we're hearing Max's letters in season five. Yeah. There's not a chance in hell. The characters don't read those letters. Um, hmm. I'm, I'm almost to the point now where like, I was convinced that like, when we saw her die in Lucas's arms, I was like, oh, okay, that's the conclusion of season five, season four, like everyone reading Max's letters. And that's the really sad ending of that. Like, I, I don't know whether it's too sad to end the show like that, but I could, I could easily see that being like the end of season five. And then we have some sort of epilogues after it that make us feel a bit happier about life. But yeah. um, th- there's not a chance in hell we don't hear Max's letters. So yeah, so yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I I don't see Max coming back. Uh, only as being Vecna, and then it was interesting. Like like you say that it was all like the new because obviously like Eddie dies, Chrissy dies early on, and then like the bully character dies. So it was like as far as the young cast, it was all the new characters. Um, but my God, in episode eight when Papa died, oh, I was so happy. Yeah, me too. Because I- 
It's like this character should have died a long time ago. I don't hate him, but he he's well outstayed his welcome. And as far as like least favorite characters go, he's definitely up there. Again, the show is so good that I don't hate the character. He's just there's a million characters I like more than him. And so for him to get as much screen time as he's got, especially this season with that whole going back in the lab and all that shit, which again the payoff was great because the Vecna twist was fucking awesome, and it made these two episodes even better knowing all that. But in the moment, seeing L do all the training again, I was so bored and so i just wanted papa to go and i'm glad he went i'm glad he didn't get his redemption i was like yes don't forgive this motherfucker um so yeah, I, I was really happy when she didn't and, forgive him and also the fact that it happened then because we kind of predicted or assumed which kind of happened even though it happened a bit more was like oh yeah we're losing one adult and one kid definitely mm. And so to lose Papa in that episode, I almost had a sense of relief where I was like, well, I'm pretty sure we're not going to lose like Murray or Joyce now, <laughs> um, which is fantastic. And and then, yeah, going into the finale, I, it, it, it was interesting because, yeah, it felt like, OK, Max is doing this crazy thing. But then, yeah, there was just there was so much foreshadow- foreshadowing with Eddie mm. of, of constantly bringing up that he's the running and all this and that. And then, like I say, the second he got on that bike you were like okay he's dead and then and then yeah. it took about 20 minutes of of that action before we got that moment um and it was laid on a bit too thick like <laughs> I, I it was good don't get me wrong and and but i didn't feel any sort of major emotion in that moment like when he's talking to dustin and he's kind of like you know getting that big redemption like i didn't really feel too much in that like how did you feel about that i i felt like a, a, a sigh of relief that it was eddie and not mm. dustin or anyone mm. else because there was there was a moment when dustin like goes back into the upside down where yeah and, like injures himself i was like oh no like what what are you doing because like i i really felt like we were gonna get like a, a real big hitter go and mm. and obviously like like i said max is kind of gone but she's not dead currently like and so really it's only eddie in the way of our core cast that actually went in this kind of finale yeah. um and so yeah it was almost like a sigh of relief when he was talking to dustin and i was like oh you know that could have been that could have been murray <laughs> it could have been could have been joyce or, or, or I, I didn't really think it was gonna be hop after last season after season mm. three but like you know so many different characters and i was like yeah it was more relief than sadness for eddie if i'm being honest yeah i i do think that the scene after it was better and more emotional when we had dustin kind of talking to his uncle i thought i thought yeah, that was like that was a great scene and, and almost that scene would have was good and it would have been even better had we not had such a long eddie death because i feel like that was the time to really hammer home the emotion um and, and just the performances from both the actors in that scene were really good whereas i think because it was in the upside down there's like a billion bats we've had so much chaotic energy in that scene it's very hard to then be like right let's zone in on why is this sad because this person's losing their life do you know what i mean like there's just so much going on at that point well, plus also that weird the conclusion that, that dustin has on he just looks yeah. hilarious yeah that as well um but yeah like some pretty yeah like we hadn't had the final like showdown with vecna had we at that point because that was like in the middle of it all um or around the time so it was like i don't know it it felt weird to to kind of have such a long drawn out scene but then we're like but hang on a minute we might we might be about to lose max and i feel like they wouldn't gloss over it if that makes sense so it almost made the stakes there feel less important Mm. because he was the one getting the big hero's death i don't know i I still thought it was good but it was like i didn't feel like oh my god i'm so sad at this moment you know what i mean whereas i think like i say there's there's a there's a lot of characters in the show that um 
I'm thankful it didn't happen. But if that if that, if the roles were reversed, like you say, and that's a Dustin on his deathbed talking to Eddie, I feel emotionally a lot more different about that scene yeah. um, than obviously the one that we got. I think that's what um, it is. It's just like Eddie. Eddie's been a great addition this season, but you know, it's a bit like when Bob went. It's like, well, it it, it it's sad, but you get over it. That it's not a character that you spent this amount of time with. Um, Plus, I also think he completely peaked. Like when you play Metallica yeah. in the down, it's never going to get better for Eddie. That yeah, is exactly. the pinnacle of his character. It was incredible. <laughs> Go out on the top. Yeah. Like it's never going to get better than that. <laughs> yeah, I think he should have just never gave up. He should have just carried on riffing until the bats like annihilated him. <laughs> yeah, when Dustin was giving him the countdown. Um, yeah. But the other thing is as well. Like as soon as that scene ends, the Metallica scene. Um, we cut to like Max back in the snowball, and I mm. thought like her going into that memory like was was also perfect because the snowball oh, yeah, has been good. such a pivotal part of the show. Like it's referenced mm. in like season one, and then obviously they get to go in season two together, and and kind of you know it, it's it it was such a journey for L, and then to realize that it was it was equally as an important moment for Max. Um, and then obviously to have her in that memory and to have the kind of, um, obviously the, the, again, the, the songs like with every breath you take playing in the background. And it was like, you know, that, that song's a creepy song. And like at the end of season two, when it happened, and then we saw the upside down with the shadow monster still there, like it was so creepy. And then for some reason, like now when we heard it, it was like, there was security in it because it was like, oh, this is a happy memory this is a song of happiness and then it mm. kind of transitions to the um was it dream a little dream and it was like that starts to play and and um you know then starts to play slow down and everything and it just gets more and more creepy and we get massive silent hill vibes you know the kind of the the snowball turning into the upside down version kind of stripping away and yeah i just, I just absolutely loved that scene completely and and then kind of having l kind of just be l again in these final couple episodes like every time she rocks up as a badass it's just she does it so well like mm. even just like her angry stare is like the very you know last few seconds of the the, the season it's just like she nails it completely um yeah and and yeah like her her battling vecna it's it's one of them things where like um it's something that people spoke about a lot, for example, in like the Harry Potter movies when people are one fighting and it always looked a bit weird because they're kind of like flicking their wrists and looking a bit like odd when they're trying mm. to do these technical spells. And it's like, but, but L with like her and, and one or Vecna, you know, when they have their battles that it never felt like dumb. It always felt like there was force behind it. And it was the way that the characters would portray it. And obviously the way that that imagery was shot, but it's like, you know, there's nothing happening between them. It's not like two lightsabers hitting. It's kind of just two people holding their hands out. And then, you know, you, you need to see the tension in their faces to get what's going on. And I mm. think she, she just does that so well. Um, and, you know, the, the whole kind of Mike getting involved and actually giving him a purpose. I think it all kind of, you know, it worked. It worked really well. I think the only, the only part that kind of frustrated me really was just kind of, you know, having having jonathan and the stoner guy back and especially the stoner guy the fact that he's like i don't even know his name what the hell's his name uh argyle argyle i'm like i hate him so much 
Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> like he is by far the worst character, and I'm like, oh, you're a fu- you're in fucking Hawkins now. Like <laughs> for season five, I'm like, he needs to like we need we need like a scream opening scene with him just getting taken <laughs> out. That's the, like Vecna's return, just taking out Argyle because him, him delivering pizza to Max in the yeah. hospital, and then she like yeah reveals that she's now Vecna and yeah. kills him. <laughs> it's one of them where like Vecna needs a big return. And mm-hmm. and Vecna needs a hero's welcome. He can't come back and kill like fucking Mike, like yeah, because then everyone would be devastated. It's like oh, but if Vecna returns and kills Argyle, he almost gets like a chair, which is what we want for Michael Myers, you know. Yeah. So so yeah, I mean that's my that's my main hope for season five that Vecna takes out Argyle extremely quickly. Yeah, I, he's one of those ones that yeah, I've just I've because I haven't kind of been drawn to him or attached to him now. Like anytime he's on screen, I just immediately like disengage, and yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm just waiting until a character that I like starts talking again. And even his jokes, which are like, I'm sure they're competently made, but I just don't like the character. So I'm like, oh yeah, you made a joke, right? Let's move on. Like I'm just waiting for the next thing to happen. You are just um, like the whole I, scene when he's talking to the other pizza guy, and they're like names yeah. of each other, and I'm like, oh, mm. if someone likes. Well, this would be the funniest scene in the world for them and i just yeah. they're like just get to the fucking fridge and put some salt in yeah. it like <laughs> definitely need to get out of here i did like that even with all the chaos and with so much action happening in these two episodes the the kind of the writers found a way to have these kind of one-to-one talks with a lot of the characters mm-hmm. and we it, it they were really cool, good like, i think that the the actual um will stuff is definitely better here in these two episodes than it was throughout the rest of the whole season mm. um it's not where i want it to be because i want them to to go full with it but i think this was a lot closer of like actually making it pretty obvious like his conversation with mike and talking about how you know the the power of love and kind of mm. his role in the group and all that and then him kind of turning away and crying mm. and jonathan seeing that i was like okay that's great like you're fully getting across now him as a character without fully ex- explicit explicitly yeah. telling the audience which i would rather they did because i do think there's a story to be told there but i unfortunately think at this point with how action-packed shit's gonna be i don't think we're gonna get the full with no, like will store now i think it's just going to be that and, and if it is just these moments at least it's done to its best ability and so i think seeing jonathan see that reaction i was like oh yeah like he needs to be the one to talk to him obviously mm. is like the older brother and so them having that discussion again was it wasn't what i wanted because i wanted him to just fully admit everything and put it on the table but they basically it was both about it without saying what was really happening was, and i did like the best, scenes it was the best like jonathan we got all season um, yeah, Jonathan Atwood would get better in those two um, scenes, weren't they, than anything else for the rest of the season? Correct. Which, and I think, yeah, I think with that as well, you know, we are in the mid eighties or mid to late eighties, mm. and I think like for Will to, to admit that to anyone, mm. um, it, it you know it felt impossible for a lot of people, and so I think they are portraying that quite well. Mm. And I think kind of the fact that even when Jonathan knew, like neither of them could say it, so they said it without saying it. I kind of feel yeah. like that. That feels quite genuine to me, you know, yeah, no, it's really time good, yeah. frame, um, mm. which which I really appreciate as well. So yeah, no, I, I thought those scenes were super strong. Like, like I say, I think like these these two episodes elevated what was already a stellar season to to the point that it, it it's it, I I think this season's gone to another level. Um, mm. I think with with the horror with the characters that we've got, with the kind of, you know, with tying everything together now to make it cohesive. I think 
you know, the season's gone by. I didn't really question what the upside down was or what this crack was or anything else. But like now, like L's story with one and kind of what that all means and, and what that meant and what what's caused it all, I think kind of just put such a lovely bow in it and kind of even just things like when going back to part one, when like Nancy realizes that they're in the past, that the upside down isn't just the upside down, but mm. it's actually like a frozen in time. And it's like stuff like that just like has it just it, it creates this world that kind of makes sense. And it's kind of I, I can't wait to rewatch uh, all of the previous seasons, knowing what I know now and having rewatched them very recently it, it already in my head. I'm like, none of it feels like it's wrong. I'm not going to mm. watch it and be like, well, that doesn't make sense that, that he's, you know, not, you know, the puppet master. It's like, Oh no, it all makes sense. Like it all, it all works. And they've built this incredible world. And it's, I'm almost, you know, I, I'm, I'm so excited for season five, but I'm almost like, Oh, that's the, this is, we haven't got no more of them having a normal life. We might have a little epilogue and that's mm. it. Whereas like, it's one of the things I look forward to most for a new season of, Stranger Things is like them shooting the ship for at least an episode. Yeah. Um, and we ain't got that anymore. They're, they're just going to be in hell uh, <laughs> straight away. It'll be interesting to see whether they can wrap it up relatively quickly. Not not super quickly, obviously, but like, and then have at least an hour of like, right, now we need to just let these characters settle. Because, yeah, it was like, I remember when we spoke about season three for the podcast, and I said at the time where it was like, I love the characters so much, and they're by far my favorite thing about the show, mm-hmm. to the point where I'm like, I can give or take the fantasy horror stuff. Yeah. I'm like, it's decent, but I, I'm not in love with it the way I am in love with these characters. And even joked like, oh, yeah, it'd be great to just have a season where they just live in normal lives mm-hmm. and trying to recover from these tragedies and it doesn't always have to be a new tragedy even though obviously they're going to do that whereas i think with this season it really did solidify me that it all matters equally because i do love these characters and, and the moments but yeah like the amount of great lore and well building we got in this season really does solidify that like no that the upside down and all that stuff does matter and it does matter that these specific characters do live in hawkins like it is integral to these characters. I-, I thought it'd be a case of, oh, yeah, I'd still love these characters if they just lived in some other place in America and it mm. didn't really matter and they just lived normal lives. It's like, no, Hawkins is important now. And I think fleshing that out and making that feel like Hawkins is does have an identity in the show. And I especially think with the way this finale ends, like they're going to have to address that now because it's like everyone, you know, it was almost like the kids little secret for such a long time. Yeah. And then more people became aware and Hopper and Murray and all these people. Whereas as now, I think, all of like we joked in the past how the kids parents are so oblivious to what's going on dad my um, dad still won't figure it out mate he'll just be yeah. watching. it's gonna be a running joke <laughs> i hope so yeah he's gonna be like oh yeah these this goddamn fake news yeah. um but yeah it's great whereas i think now they do have to reference the fact that okay like this shit's real and we're gonna have to address it um but yeah, I thought this was absolutely fantastic. I think the the final thing I wanted to mention was obviously the Duffer Brothers, like, you know, the creators of the show, um, wrote and directed these two episodes. And I do think that that is important because if you look at these nine episodes, um, they obviously did five of them. And they are by far the best five episodes. Like, the other four are very, very good, the ones in the middle. But I do think that especially those character moments we just talked about, like the, the conversation between Jonathan and Will, I don't think we 
we get that in an episode not written by them mm. because i think they get the characters better than anyone else where yes you could hand over these characters like steve like dustin and people will still do them justice because they're great characters but i think they created them for a reason and they really nailed it and that's why i was so thrilled that they did both these episodes and they still did a majority of the season and i think going forward with a final season obviously this is selfishly speaking but i also think for the legacy for the show i, I think netflix should definitely want this and i think the duffer brothers should want this as well like they need to do it all i, I don't know how many episodes it's going to be they've, they've talked about it being shorter so let's say it's seven or eight like they need to do them all because i think this only happens once this is the thing that you will forever be the most famous for like it doesn't matter what you guys do the chances of you guys having a bigger hit than stranger things ever again yeah. is so unbelievably minuscule and i think for your own personal legacy they should write and direct every episode next season in my opinion oh yeah i think it would be phenomenal i think you know this this show is so lightning in a bottle with everything about it and it's kind of um you know when i when i look back at things that i you know i i really love and and i kind of you know it's weird a couple of times it's come up while we're talking but like with with harry potter how mm. we had this incredibly young cast and we got to see them through to adulthood through these movies and i i've kind of over the years now like when i look back and rewatch those movies i'm like that's so special and that's so rare and, yeah. and almost, uh, I, I think like, it's almost like it was just, oh, that, that's Harry Potter. Like nothing else has ever done this. And I'm sure you can reference other shows or, you know, some things, but like to that level, to that kind of height and that, that, you know, big blockbuster. And it's like Stranger Things is on that part now with Harry mm. Potter, where we just have this young cast. And it's like throughout this season, when we have these little flashbacks, like when Mike had the flashback to when he first met Elle, yeah, I was, was going like, to say, like, the use of flashbacks in this show is yeah. so good because, of, like you say, we've gone on such a long journey with these characters. And it's like, we've seen these characters as, like, tiny kids to, to you know, being adults now. And, mm. and it's just kind of, I think, you know, I think that's what makes this show so special. And that's why, yeah, I think now going into season five, hopefully Netflix and the Duffer Brothers just give it time to, to get it right and, and not just, yeah, hand it to other people. They're the ones that should be at the helm for sure. And, um, you know, it, it, I guess the only problem is the ticking clock of, of these cast members, but I don't, I don't, I don't see that being so much of an issue now because they've kind of grown up a lot. Like yeah. I, I don't think they're going to look crazy different as long as they can get it done in, you know, the next kind of 12 to 18 months. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the last three years was worse for that than, like, the next two will be. Yeah. Like, I think it's, you know, how, how much goddamn taller can these kids get? Like, it's already yeah, ridiculous. Say, Mike's already, like, 6'4", <laughs> so, like, yeah. I, I don't think he's going to get much taller at this point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was just an absolute blast. Like, it's uh, it's a little bit sad that it's over. Um, I know what you mean. Because it's been such a joy this year, knowing that it was coming this year, kind of pretty much from the start of 2022. And so having all that excitement then seeing it in these parts and getting to talk about it for so long um it really is just such a special thing and regardless of what happens in the future because obviously they, they've already announced that there will be spin-offs in the future and and who knows what that will hold um because there's just a billion different ways you could go with that mm. um but yeah just like I say what we do know is that we've had four incredible seasons this season was so good i think what was interesting was talking about it the way we did 
and talking about it volume by volume was the fact that I did have frustrations in the moment. But I think when you look at the season overall, it, they, they're really not that important. Like, the only thing is the whole Mike, Will, Argyle, Jonathan type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like for example, when they go to meet Dustin's girlfriend and that old stuff was just such a waste of time. Like, it, but it's so minimal. Like I say, it's, a, it's less than 5% of the show is what I really yeah. didn't like. Um, and then when you think back to the actual highs and... Like I say, we've we've hardly even talked about it really in this episode, but the whole journey of, of Hopper um, was just incredible. Like I love that they kind of got out and then they had to go back in, yeah, and it, just all of that stuff. Thing and getting to that point of kind of them arriving with the helicopter to to leave, it was just it was such a joy filled moment. And then you like I say, you are just waiting for that reunion, and like you know it's going to be short lived, and it my God was it short lived because I just wanted to see them all happy and be together. But even just those small moments of like Hopper seeing mike and just being like ah oh, there's that little bastard i'm gonna bust his balls again like, he's like you've grown you've shrunk like it's yeah so good. it's just amazing and like you say i hope that I, I hope that we get so much of that like i want it to be return of the king style oh, ending I know, exactly what i was thinking like episodes of the ending and that's it really yeah. like that's what i want more than anything with this show at this point um yeah i i, I think so too like like you said it's kind of sad that it's over but i can't underestimate like understate like how strong this is delivered for me um mm. you know it really is you know something that we were so excited for it's a show that like i say i i, I think is going to go down as one of my all-time favorites if not my all-time favorite and this has just made it even higher like mm. if they can just stick the landing for season five and it's got all the the kind of footings in place because i think kind of when we were going into these final two episodes i did have a lot of questions about where are we going to be left for season five you know how much of a bow is going to be on this in season four and then you know will we know what season five brings or is it they're all going to be back at hawkins working their jobs and living life it's like oh no no like hawkins is screwed like max has got most of her bones in her body broken like you know and we it we, we we've finally got all of our characters back in Hawkins for the first time this this entire season. Mm. Um, so it's just like we know exactly where season five is going to start, and I I just can't wait, man. I'm I'm just so excited. Yeah, it's it's going to be so so exciting once we hear like more um because e- even like a year would be just great like even if they just throw it out now and just like yep here's the year because yeah there is there is so much unknown about this right now like all we know is that it, there's a final season and that's it we don't know a time frame we don't know how long it's going to be other than the fact that they're talking about it being shorter than this mm. season um i also think them saying that now is meaningless um because it, things change so much and i think when yeah, they've already they f- shot it mate it's coming out next no year <laughs> <laughs> how long this took there is zero they have zero <laughs> footage in the can right now like I, I i'd be surprised if they even have a page written of the new season like this this took so much effort and like i say it can't be understated how, what an achievement this is for television on like a spectacle and then yeah like the use of music throughout this whole season which i think was by far the best that stranger things has ever done and it's always been so such a nostalgia filled show but i think this was them getting it perfect of like there was enough references and homages maybe the horror stuff was a bit on the nose um but the actual music choices and all that stuff for the time period was just so so good um 
man what a show i could talk about it forever um and i'm sure we will talk about it in the coming months like we always do uh but yeah that was our discussion on stranger things season four i will take a quick break and we will be right back So yeah, that is uh, pretty much it for another week. Um, I did actually watch a horror film over the past week. Um, I'll only just very quickly touch upon because it, but it's such a ridiculous film, um, which is uh, *Malignant*. Um, (laughs) Like, it's it's, and I need to rewatch it. You you need to rewatch it because I had forgotten how utterly preposterous this film is. Mm -hmm. Like. It should not exist. Um, I don't know how it ever got made. It like I'm watching it, and every single scene, I'm like, "This costs so much money. Like, why? <laughs> why did someone allow James Wan to make this film?" It's James Wan. Uh, um, I know. Like, it's just, and it is frustrating because the movie made zero money, and yeah. so the odds of him ever getting to do that again are, are slim to none. But I think, yeah, like he is a guy that loves horror so much when you make back-to-back billion dollar movies that clearly gives you some bank with with production companies and then they make mistakes because they go do you know what here's a shit ton of money what ideas have you got yeah, and... i'm glad i'm glad that like that got like those perfect storm of circumstances got us malignant that's the thing is that malignant you can't just view it on its own you have to look at it the entire career of james one from saw till now mm. and to aquaman 2 because it's like well how the on earth does a movie like this get made and it is mind-blowing and then i think even if you just ignore all that stuff which i think it emphasizes the point and makes the film way more entertaining knowing all of that weird backstory but i think just watching the movie it's like it's so ridiculous. I, I I still cannot believe that it was an idea that he was like, I'm going to make a movie about this malignant tumor that that's on the back of someone's head. <laughs> and, and that's going to be what my entire film is about. And it's just insanity. Like it's, it's such a ridiculous film. I, I think on a second rewatch, I, I didn't like it as much purely because there's so much of the movies built around the, the twists and turns and not knowing what's going to happen. And so I think once you know the thing, um, it's still an extremely enjoyable film, but you're almost waiting until that finale. And the finale is so fucking good. Um, whereas the movie's long. It's like an hour and 50. And so you you forget that there's like a lot of setup. They're constantly talking about her past and constantly talking about the, the mental asylum and this and that. And then, and then they do the, the whole red heron, which I forgot about, where they're really trying to make it seem like he's just an imaginary friend um, that she had as a kid. And and that's kind of like, oh, you what, the killer's your imaginary friend. And they go so hard on that for so long before then kind of like doing the slight twist on it of like, oh, no, it wasn't a imaginary friend it was like a you know twin brother or whatever and so yeah it's 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 just a ridiculous ride that yeah if people haven't seen it it's i think we said it at the time but like if you're listening to this podcast this is like the number one movie that you need to see because this is the most anti-normy film that's ever existed (laughs) in the history of the universe um this is only made for people that you have to have watched at least a hundred horror films at least to even get your head around this film and like i say the balls on james wan to make it um the the big wigs at, at warner bros to actually 
put money in front of this film again blows my mind i'm sure a lot of people lost their jobs <laughs> for green light in it um yeah, but like, in... you know what you'll make us a billion next time james don't worry <laughs> yeah. about it you've got to look at the net like yeah. how much money net is james one making you don't look at movies individually yeah, just be like, do you know just... what like we need to keep him entertained and just like going through these mega movies like aquaman are going to get fatigue for him so we just gotta we gotta chuck him a hondo middle every time and just be like there you go like off he goes yeah just look at it like, like look aquaman and malignant made a billion and 50 million exactly. it doesn't matter what the breakdown between those exactly. two films and was the combined <laughs> budgets of the two like exactly. less than that so he's up <laughs> exactly um and yeah like i say i i would love that if that was somehow his career trajectory that yeah he clearly unfortunately now has to ma- make up for, he has to make aquaman 2 for his sins for warner bros um so he can continue making films um and then who knows what's after that because yeah if, if malignant is what he can do when there's kind of no control i just don't even know what that man is thinking like it, it genuinely it's one of those films that, and we talk about this a lot of when you see a film that you can't even fathom the idea being planted in someone's head like when we saw one Dead, and we were like that guy is a genius but he should also be locked up for his own good because like mm. to come up with an idea that original and that crazy and to execute it with literally zero money i can't even remotely wrap my head around how a human being does that and yeah james one is one of those people like he's just he's a he's an enigma to me which i'll forever be grateful for that he exists um Definitely. and yeah malignant what, what a crazy crazy film that is it's a film. um it is indeed um but yeah that's all i've been watching uh recently uh and uh, got coming up we've got pretty interesting stuff actually next week i'm very excited for this one because uh we've had it on the uh the back burner for a few weeks a bit of brand new david cronenberg sure like i know like never thought that would happen for this podcast like it's insane um and yeah i'm it looks like a, a, a real throwback to his kind of body horror sci-fi horror roots um i cannot wait really really looking forward to crimes of the future um so yeah we'll finally be discussing that next week um but yeah that is uh, pretty much it for this week uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone